0: Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and I am going to be doing a short series called Story Time. Not only is this an opportunity to share a little bit of my story, but it is leading up to one of my upcoming healing circles titled Sticks and Stones, exploring the words that became beliefs. You know, as human beings, so much of what we know about ourselves, about others, and about the world around us is the information that we absorbed as children. And there have been things that have been said to us, things that have not been said to us, things that have been said around us that have been internalized as beliefs and worldviews that we are still playing out today. So um, the upcoming Healing Circle is an opportunity for folks to come together in community and strategically explore some of the stories that, we are holding and that we are living out and we don't even recognize that we are. So in preparation for this upcoming healing circle, I just wanted to share some things about uh, things that have been said to, about, or around me that uh, governed how I interacted in my life for decades. And so enjoy the story. Hey y'all, here's my story for today. So this This is a story of a few incidents that I've had that have really impacted, um, my perspective of, I think it ties into worth, but also like impact and memorability (laughs) that I have in life. Okay. Interestingly, as I was thinking about these three incidents, they all happened right around my freshman year of college. So the first experience was freshman orientation for college. I walk into an elevator with other people. My mom was with me and I see this young lady who I clearly recognize as uh, someone I went to school with in first grade. Yes, I have one of those memories. I remember some details that people are like, why do you remember that? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But things like birthdays, full names, um, and maybe specifics and details around certain incidents. Yeah. They really, they really stick with me. And so I walk in and I see her and I was like, oh, and I say her whole name, blah, blah. How you doing? And she looks at me kind of like, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, we, I think we went to first grade together. And she was like, yeah, I try to block those memories from my mind. <laughs> and she was, she was a little, a little snooty with it. And I remember my mom's face looking like, you know, she was not pleased that like that the girl had talked to me that way. But, you know, I was like, oh, OK. You know, we left the elevator. I think I don't know if we continue to talk much. Um, but that was one of those times where I was like, oh, that that sucked. I don't think I as much was bothered by the fact that she didn't remember me but I did think like her response it felt kind of hurtful in hindsight I recognize that if I were to think about what I remember of her in those early years because I if I'm not mistaken we probably went to first second and third grade together I don't She's probably right. Like, I believe her. I don't think necessarily that those were pleasant times for her. And I I hadn't considered that when I was just excited to have seen her. So that was one incident where it's like, I'm all excited and somebody is like, who are you? The second was second semester of freshman year. I was taking a theater class, a theater class with the amazing Professor Glenda Dickerson, who was the second black woman to produce on Broadway. Um, or direct on Broadway. And just this, she she's very instrumental in, in the person that I am. I loved her so much that I just kept taking her classes, which ended up accumulating to me having a Black theater concentration. <laughs> but I was in her class, which opened up so much for those who took it. You know, the vulnerability, having access to representation within the arts, but the the exercises, the activities, and the way of being really just allow people to shed so much of the outside world and tap into these more vulnerable parts. And so here I am in this class, and there was a basketball player in my class. Now, I went to um, the University of Michigan, um, Big Ten school. Sports are a thing. Sports being a thing is an understatement, especially basketball and football. At the time that I was there, the basketball team wasn't that great, but the athletes still were the athletes and there was this aura about them. And so this, this basketball player was in my class and I, I would frequently note how uncomfortable this class was for him by his body language, because again, I think there is a certain, again, aura and persona and things that you maintain as an athlete, And and these major schools and this class and this professor didn't give a damn about that. (laughs) So, you know, as we had to embody inanimate objects and animals and get on the ground and like do all of these things, it was just very evident (laughs) to me that this was not something he was accustomed to. But it was also not an environment where we judged one another. So it became it felt really safe in those environments and again we were all black students so there was on on a campus where we made up eight percent of the population so it felt intimate to me so one day I'm walking down the uh, around campus and I see the basketball player walking towards me and he's walking with another young lady but I'm just excited to see somebody from this very intimate close environment like out in the greater um environment and so I was like hey said his name hey how you doing And he looked at me like, who are you? Now, his who are you wasn't um, a dismissive, uh, who are you? But it was more like, oh, wait, I can't place you. Um, And I don't remember what part of the semester this was, but enough I felt where, I don't know. Yeah, man, we have this class together and there's not that many of us. It's not one of these big lectures, but whatever. The fact that he couldn't place it it was what it was. But the thing that impacted me the most was the young lady he was walking with, who kind of like gave me this look. So you got to imagine I'm all, hey, how you doing as we're walking. So as we pass each other, his face is more kind of like, mm, I, ooh, where do I know you from? And she gives this smirk. It's a smirk and a chuckle that my interpretation of that was, oh, she just think I'm out here like a basketball groupie or something. And that moment impacted me so much. That I made a determination in that moment. Never again. Mm-mm. Like, I ain't gonna be out here having people thinking I'm I'm on a jock, which as I recognize is vernacular from my adolescence. But that's what it felt like. That ain't what this is. So I began to establish this like determination that I was not going to put myself in this vulnerable position again, where someone could either be dismiss- dismissive of me or Think that, you know, I wanted something from them. I needed to put some kind of exterior that will prevent me from feeling that yucky feeling that I felt at that time. The third incident would take place in the summer between freshman and sophomore year. I was actually back home visiting um, and my nephew wanted to go to a friend's block party and asked me to take him. So me and another friend of mine who are home visiting from college? I asked her. She wanted to roll with me, so we take my nephew over to this block party, and it's it's a bunch of different blocks that are blocked off. So we're like, "Yeah, we'll take you over here. Go do your thing. We'll just be walking around." And as I'm walking around, guess who I run into? You have to go back to if you haven't already, my very first story time. I need a pretty girlfriend, <laughs> where I talk about um, this this boy that was the love of my life in first grade and all that stuff. Well, I run into him and I am so excited to see him because I, at this point, I hadn't seen him since my freshman year. I mean, my, my senior year of high school, um, I had gone to the championship basketball game that he played in and afterwards had like gone back to his house and talked to his mom. It was me and another friend. So we hadn't really seen each other since senior year of high school so here we are I see him I would always call him by his full name first middle and last so I'm like blah 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 hey and he turns and he looks at me and he was like who are you (sighs) when I say like punch me in the gut like it, it it did it took the wind out of me and in that moment I simply can't wrap my mind around how this person who played such an instrumental role in my life was literally looking at me like, who are you? And to make it even worse, like his aunt was standing next to him. And again, this could just be my own (laughs) lens and interpretation, but it felt like the aunt had the same smirk and giggle that the girl who was walking with the basketball player had. And so it just added insult to injury that not only did this person that I talked to every day considered my best friend boo-hooed for weeks when I found out he was leaving my school in the the sixth grade was looking at me like he didn't know who I was. And when I tell y'all that I pretty much right now look exactly the same as I did at high school, it wasn't because I looked different. And so anyway, I don't even remember how I responded (laughs) At that moment, that part became a blur. But I will tell you that there became this very um, thick outer barrier that I put up around myself based on these incidents that really for a long time insulated me from being vulnerable enough to talk to people that I knew I remembered to put myself out there because I did not like the feeling of not just not being remembered, but in some way feeling as if, you know, I was like some kind of groupie to people. So that impacted me for a really long time. I have since learned how to re-narrate that story, how to connect with my littles, connect with my parts and, and while maintaining safety, still being authentic to who I am, which is the girl with the really good memory. Who's going to remember your birthday and your whole name and who wants to say hello to you. And so um, I would love to share some of the things that I do uh, to do that. And so that is why I'm highly encouraging you to consider taking my upcoming healing circle called sticks and stones exploring the words that became beliefs because in there it's not just about the words it's the incidents and it's not saying that everything we experience is bad or that we need to change but I want us to feel at choice and every single thing that we do or don't do can be traced back to beliefs worldviews and behavioral patterns that we once established in order to keep ourselves safe and survive and I want to help people build those skills and tools and toys. So the link is in the bio, um, to learn more about it, or if you are interested in participating, um, cause I think it's going to be awesome y'all. So that was my story for the day until we connect again, you all be well.